And we're live. Another episode of Athletic Insights. We're joined today by our guest, Devin Bailey. Devin, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing good. Feeling good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on. So for everybody at home, uh, Devin Bailey is a uh, CFL football player. He's done a lot of other cool stuff that we're going to dig into as well um, throughout the podcast. But just briefly, Athletic Insights is a podcast which is designed to be a resource for youth sports organizations, coaches, parents, and young athletes looking to get a glimpse in behind the scenes of elite athletics and what it really looks like. So, Devin, why don't you just give everybody a little bit, um, a little bit of an introduction to your youth sports experience and then ultimately how it brought you to choosing football as your uh, main sport? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, growing up, I was always into sports, doing athletics. Um, the majority of my time playing sports though, was spent uh, playing soccer. Soccer and volleyball, those were actually my two very strong and very passionate sports. Wasn't volleyball your first love? You used to say that? <laughs> That's right. And for right. those of you that don't know, uh, Zach and I, we went to, to university together. So only a few people know a certain few things about me. And that's one of them right there. But uh, yeah, volleyball was definitely my first love sport-wise. Um, and I guess that really honed my skills into tracking balls and football-wise because my senior year of high school is when I really started diving into football. And I, I met some great people who put me on a track that I really needed to be on at that time. And that just happened to lead me into playing football. And I am go to St. FX and meeting wonderful people. And I ended up just honestly wasn't even realizing, realizing it, but I was doing pretty good apparently. And <laughs> yeah. next, thing, next thing I know, I'm getting invites to the combines and then I'm getting drafted. And yeah, absolutely. It. One, one thing um, I really wanted to, to get your insights on was what was that transitional uh, year or I guess semester where you, you, you had realized that you weren't only going to be drafted to the CFL, but you were going to be, you know, the guy at the very top of the board, the first receiver off. And you went down to, I, I believe it was Florida to train with some of the, some other Americans and, and other CFL uh, prospects. So do you want to just touch base on that process for a little bit? Uh, a little yeah, bit? for sure. So it was, it was really right in that, uh, east-west window of the third year when I really had to acknowledge the fact that this was actually happening and I could make a career out of playing this and yeah I actually I don't necessarily condone it but I took the semester off and went down to to Arizona actually and met up with a bunch of great NFL players over there some NFL QBs and some NFL training and that really um, got me ready for the combine came back and it was really just uh, – it was for the better for me personally. It's what I needed because, to be honest, you know, um, I, I relied solely on athleticism and, and just volleyball and soccer, just coordination and just being durable and, and playing football that I never really had to put work in the gym and uh, do receiver drills and things to hone my craft. But going down there really changed me for the better. And it was hard, but uh, – I loved it, and I knew what was ahead of me, and so that's what really the, the learning curve was for me. Did uh, did being exposed to that level of competition and an athlete and polished football player did it did it slightly like change your perspective on like the level of what's out there in terms of like pro athletes? 
Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, there's levels to that too. Like that wasn't the first time that I was woken up to uh, great football players or great athletes, you know, going from high school to university, I was around some amazing uh, Canadian talent, uh, Hinak Mwamba, Akeem Foster, uh, people that like I had to go behind and that opened up my eyes big time. Then just when you think you're doing good and you're up there, I go to East West and I'm like, okay, there's dudes that are on my level or at least close. So that's not where I want to be. So I have to go down. I need to be better. And then you go and you <laughs> go somewhere to get better. And then you realize, oh, man, there's another level to this. People are have been doing this their entire lives. And yeah. then just when you catch up there, you go to the league and it's not even the same world. So it's just forever going forward. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to just chat about with you, which I was excited to talk about all week, actually, is um, I had a similar experience when I got to St. FX. Obviously, like you said, there's levels to this, but um, I got to be exposed as a freshman to um, to you and to Roseway and to Jordan Catterall and to Donald Tabor and to Keon, all these like uh, like we were really deep. Like I don't want people to, to misunderstand Atlantic Atlantic football and especially St. FX because it always has a special place in my heart, even though I was only there for a year and I didn't get to contribute. I learned more about football and uh, myself just being around that level of competition. Um, so I just kind of wanted to ask you about uh, your recruiting process. So when did um, recruiting heat up for you? Did you have offers for other sports as well? And what, what brought you to St. FX? Okay. Yeah. Um, recruiting started for me probably grade 11 in my senior year high school. Cause that's again, when I actually started playing the sport solely, like I stopped playing soccer and volleyball for high school and outside of school. And I just was only playing football and I had offers everywhere, to be honest. I had offers throughout Ontario, stretching all the way to BC. Um, oddly enough, out east, St. FX was the only uh, school that actually reached out to me to, to go over there. And at the time, I, I can't stress enough how I wasn't really into sports that much and, and football, especially this was very foreign and new to me. So I never necessarily thought about going to university to play football um honestly I didn't know what I wanted to do but I guess you know Waterman and I owe it a lot to um Hinak Mwamba as well to actually sitting down with me and saying like why am I going to waste any type of talent like I can do more with this and I'm not gonna lie at the time I was doing some stuff that you know I shouldn't really have been doing and it's just a change up that I needed. And uh, when I got to St. FX and did that actual recruiting trip, because again, I, I recruited to Queens, Mac, Guelph, all over Ontario, UBC, right. Winnipeg, I, the list goes on. But when I went to St. FX and, and the same reason why it always has, has a place in your heart, you know, there's something different about that spot. And I meeting with Waterman and Donald Davis, especially and, just seeing like Akeem Foster played a huge role and uh, there was, I met the right people and I surrounded myself with the right people at the right time for me to do what I needed to do. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the things that we always harp on this show is surrounding your, mainly for the young athletes, but for everyone, make sure you surround yourself and 
in life with people who are on the same, the same mission as you. It's, exactly. it's really important to, you need to have, um, you need to have role models. You need to have people in your corner and it's, it's unique. Like me and you are at the age where, um, we're now role models to the younger generation, but we also still have role models. So we're kind of in right. that sweet spot. Um, Absolutely. so no, that was a good point. I think that was, um, really well articulated. Um, so just quickly, did you have interest in, from other schools, um, for other sports or was football the sport you were getting all your attention in? No, I, uh, soccer was, uh, another recruiting, uh, one of my options to be recruited into, uh, New York wanted me to get down there as well at a couple of tournaments. And cause I, I took soccer all the way to semi-pro at the time um, wow. with uh, North Mississauga a, and uh, so I just honestly came to a point where I had to make a decision. And yeah, how, how did deciding, you navigate that? Um, <laughs> it got to a point where I had to just choose between what sport do I enjoy more? You know, what, right what I could see myself actually doing. And when I went down to New York, it was, it was super cool. And I played soccer my whole life, but I don't know. I never fell in love with anything. Uh, Football just spoke to me more. And then the people that were in my ear and it's more of like a brotherhood, you know, you've been on the field, you know, what that's like to, Mm -hmm. to, to lose, to win, to hurt and be happy together. It's different. Football's a different sport. Oh yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely know what it's like to lose. I, uh, after I left St. FX, just basically I went to St. FX very young and I didn't respect the concept of student athlete the way I should have. Um, and it was a wake up call. My, my grade suffered. Um, I just realized at a very, very immediately that if I stayed at St. FX, I probably wasn't going to, um, graduate on time so i basically said i'm gonna look at some other schools and it ended up working out for me but yes i definitely yeah. definitely know the struggle and and the grind but bro- yeah football's a brotherhood it's a, it's a 12-man sport and um you know when you put the game aside you, the, I've, I've said this a couple times on this podcast the thing that was special for me about playing university football was first of all just getting a chance because being under recruited out of a small town in Ontario that was all I wanted but then secondly like the places it takes you and the people it exposes you to that's like what's the most meaningful to me at this point in my life um um, I know we've talked about this a little bit but you you were someone who was um probably my biggest role model at the time I was at St. FX maybe you or or Keon Keon really took me under his his wing too so um I just want to you know, just tell us a little bit about your experience at St. FX and, and what uh, being an X-Men meant to you, means to you. Yeah, well, first off, I appreciate that. Um, and you do know me to an extent where I don't talk to many people and I'm, I'm welcoming very much so. But if we're working hard, I, I've, you surround yourself with the right people and you're obviously one of those people. Hence why, you know, we're having even this conversation because I do value you and I respect you a lot. Um, what... But to answer your question, what St. FX did to me or made me and what it is to be an X-Men is it, I guess I would have to like knock off traits, you know, it made me become certain things, maybe become reliable, independent, uh, caring and codependent at the same time. Um, and leadership. It, you, you were a leader. 
Um, yeah. What I have this one memory. It's it's really weird how how memory works, but I have this one memory seared in my brain when we were running gassers on the, the not the turf field that we used to practice on, but the the, the other one. The grass. That, yeah, the grass field. Um, and we were running gassers, and you obviously being very physically gifted, were at the front. Um, but you were probably going maybe 85, 90%. Cause I only thought we were doing one. I thought it was one gasser. They wanted to see who was going to win. And I was like, I'm going to win this. So I went 110 and you looked right. And I looked left and we were just ahead of the pack. And you just kind of laughed and smiled at me. Cause you knew that I was just grinding. I was just happy to be there. Then right. I realized we were doing like 12 gassers and I was like, Holy crap, I got to learn pace. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. And and that's the great thing. Like, you know, what I try to do and what I've learned to do is just reflect what I've learned. You know, I've had that exact same memory and that exact same scene with people who I look up to. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I understand now even just realizing it literally right now in this conversation, uh, you, you just reflect those things naturally. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you gain the knowledge and then you give it away. That's the reason why you learn. You don't learn for yourself. You don't grind for yourself only. There's always purpose to the things that you do. So if you just grind and iron sharpens iron. Oh yeah. That's, that's my favorite thing. That's my favorite quote, man. Iron sharpens iron. It's real, man. You know, it's who, if you're hanging around with people who aren't doing anything for you or not, they're at the back of the line, you know, because we have 12 gassers and they know they got to just, you know, I don't know. I don't want to swear, but, <laughs> and just, you know, mess around at the back and right. not trying to be at the front. They never will. And I don't, yeah. Yeah. Front. You just it's need all, to, try to be right. It's all mental. It's just to an extent, yeah. just do the best that you can possibly do, obviously. And then, um, I mean, you're, what are you? Six, five, six, six. You can't really necessarily teach that, but, um, you definitely, um, are not only physically talented, you have your head on straight and you're in your, um, just in terms of being a role model, you're, you're so calming and your presence is, um, one of the things that when I was at St. FX that I took, and I also brought back to bishops with some of the younger kids there, I took honestly, maybe 10 kids under 10 teammates under my wing, the younger ones. And, and now they're doing the same thing and it all comes full circle. And that's essentially what this podcast is. It's just a, just to tell stories and grow sport and to develop mindset, like tough mindsets in sports. Because um, one thing is every young athlete has this dream of getting next level, but they don't know what it entails. So can you just touch base? Can you just touch base on what your process looked like? um, The things you were doing differently to separate yourself and just like where you find that passion and love for football and uh, in hard work. Yeah. So the process, the process really just entails sacrifice, you know, and it's, it's not as simple as just the word. It's what you're actually having to sacrifice the time, the, the people, the, the parties, the, the birthdays, and even the funerals. And I'm sure you know what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just the, the greater good has to always be a clear picture for you. It doesn't matter how bright the light of the tunnel is. If you see any type of light and that's what you want, you're going to really have to just sacrifice to get there. And it's going to be hard. It, it, it is hard, you know, and it, it's hard to this day. Uh, I've been in the league five years. Um, I was out for one and, and all I did was work, 
work to feel, be the best that I can be, but, and, and sacrifice time. Like I haven't been home in, in five summers. That's when all everybody's birthdays in the summer, just, right. you know, um, but the sacrifice and I knew that what the payout would entail and that my ultimate goal for playing football and all the sacrifices that I'd done was to be proud of who I am and, and what I've accomplished. And through the sacrifices that I have done, I am proud. Absolutely. And you, and you should be. Um, I, I resonate with that point quite a bit. I've said a few times on this podcast that for me, all I ever wanted to know is if I was good enough. And I, and you're one of the guys, one of the only guys in the world actually who knows about um, what I was going through a couple of years ago when I was teeter tottering on whether I wanted to try to go to the league. If mm-hmm. I wanted to pursue this long-term because I, I did, I'm aware of what it was going to entail, like physically, mentally, lifestyle wise, um, all that stuff. And, um, the year I was supposed to go East West, I actually decided just to hang it up because I know it might sound silly, but that was just like the validation I needed. I was like, you know what? I was a small town kid from Brockville who had no interest from any schools. Nobody knew who I was. Um, I sent some emails out, made it happen for myself. And I'm quite confident that um, just because of my physical ability, I would have gone to East West, turned some heads and then gotten an opportunity. I'm pretty sure how it would have went was, uh, I might have got it drafted later, later rounds, went in for a went in for a rookie camp, and then that would have been it. But rather than um, doing that, I kind of was in a point where I was like, I've learned so much about the process and what it takes that I now want to instill it in young athletes and not just, you know, have a two month career myself, but I could create multiple, multiple, multiple year careers for the young athletes I'm working with. So that's really was my drive to kind of dive into my company and this, the other sorts of things like I'm doing like this podcast. And mm-hmm. um, we have, we have a charity that we're, we're doing another event for in uh, the end of February. It's like a mental health mindset charity for young athletes um, to introduce, first of all, like mental health in a community-based environment and then to just teach like mindset strategies. Um, so do you have any, um, generic or, or specific, I guess I could say generic or specific information or advice for young athletes who, who definitely look up to you and um, who want to do some of the things that you're doing now. Yeah, just, just keep going forward. Um, and I say that term with so many branches in it, take that how you want to take it. it right. It's going to be hard. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the worst time of your life. You know, it's the road is bumpy and when it's smooth, trust me, it doesn't stay smooth, but just keep going forward. If this is what you want and what you think you're supposed to do and what ultimately is going to make you proud of what you're actually doing and just keep going forward. Is there any, because uh, sp- that's a great point. We always talk about the highs and lows and how there's so many, how much there's so much self-doubt is there any anything specifically that you remember in your time as a university athlete that um, that really challenged you and you ended up coming out on the other side stronger yeah of course um i i lost my my grandmother at one of halftime games against one of our biggest rivals right acadia um and halftime i i didn't know how i could even I can't finish this game. You know, my grandmother was everything to me. She was the reason why 
I was financially able to even attend school, which is why I never thought of even going in the first place. So mm-hmm. to lose somebody in my corner like that uh, was absolutely devastating. But then, you know, you look around and you're, you're the guy people look to, to lead, you know, to, mm-hmm. to go forward. You're, you're the, you're one of the captains of the team. Are you going to fold here or, or are you going to keep going forward? And that was just one of the many times, man. One of the many mm-hmm. times you had to just keep on going. And it's not always just for you. You know, you, you can have that, that power to drive for yourself or that power for other people to rely on you to keep going, but whatever it is, grab it, use it and keep going. Yeah. That's, that's, that's honestly, that's amazing. I didn't know that it must've been, uh, I guess another year I wasn't there, but, uh, well, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That was, uh, definitely, definitely relatable. Everyone's had something like that in their life, but, um, there's not only the fact that, you know, you had to figure out how to go out and play. It's also just like back to the brotherhood point, you, you played for them and then they played for you Exactly. And through that. It, it helps with obviously grief and grief mm-hmm. and processing mm-hmm. takes time, but it, it really helps with, um, the initial moment when you know, you have like 90 brothers who, who would be there for you and coaches and, you know, so, Football, football and sports, it, it does so much more than just like the physical literacy and, and all that. It's, it's, it's family. It's who you, it's who you relate to. It's those like-minded people who can help you through those tough times. So right. that was a, that was a good point. Um, why don't you just touch base a little bit now about, um, transitioning into pro sports, um, the differences in lifestyle, time management. Do you have, do you have more free time as a pro athlete than you did as a student athlete? Uh, and that sort of thing. Yeah, so the transition, of course, it started when I did take that semester off and go to Arizona, and then the CFL Combine had occurred. And actually, <laughs> the CFL Combine is the first time I met somebody. Uh, his name is Shamad Chambers. He was um, also a first-rounder, and he was one of the best receivers in the OUA as well. And actually, he, he attended Laurier. And Laurier was one of the spots. Sorry, I'm going to backtrack a bit, but Laurier was one of the schools that had recruited me. But um, I caught wind that this Samad Chambers didn't uh, wasn't too fond of me because you know I oh. guess I was one of the new up and coming receivers, and he was the man at the time. And uh, I caught wind that he just wasn't really you know feeling me to go over there. And of course, one of the biggest things that I was striving for was, you know, that family feel, that, that brotherhood. If you got your, your captain over there saying he doesn't want me, why would I come to your school? So 100%. I just marked off Laurier and kept it moving. But um, the first time that I actually saw him was at the Combine. And he had just, you know, he approached me and he said a couple of words and they were actually very encouraging. And then when he walked away, I was like, what the hell does this guy want? Like, doesn't he hate me? <laughs> why is he talking to me? Right. But, um Oddly enough, I got drafted to the the same team as him, the Edmonton Eskimos, and honestly, he's he's one of my my best friends in the world. He he actually called me right before we got on this this chat right now, and we speak speak about nothing, but transitioning really in the aspect of gaining relationships didn't change whatsoever. Um, it was for the better. I've I've gained some some people that I really do call my brothers. And that's what the biggest transition that kept the same uh, is one of my uh, my highlights for sure. Uh, 
do I have more free time as a professional athlete? Yes and no. Um, of course, every single year somebody is coming to get your spot or to outplay you or to to win, right? So every single year you have to devote your craft. Of course, you take your rest, your month off or whatever. The season lasts five months, mm-hmm. but then that, what are you doing in the off season? Are you resting or are you doing the same thing you were doing in season? So yes and no, I, I have more time. Uh, but I guess the biggest, the biggest transition in between the two was just realizing that everybody's an all-star, you know, right. Every, every practice, every game is East West, you know, not even East is right. the finals. Mm-hmm. The, the people you go against, it's a completely different playing field. And it's always going to be a completely different playing field if you're trying to do more, if you're trying to be the best. Because just because everybody's doing the same thing, if you want to be different, the only way to be different is to be the worst or be the best. You stay in the, me- the middle, you, you're going to be forgotten about. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be the best, it's going to be a whole new world every time you get to the next level. For sure. Um, biggest transition. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. One of the things that um, when I'm working with my young athletes and they're coming in for the first time, we all sit down, me and their family and, and, and them, and we talk about their why, like what's motivating them? Why do they want to do all this stuff? Because it's not going to be easy and it's not always going to be fun. And it's really important to pinpoint that, that internal motivation. So um, what's your internal motivation? Obviously, it changes. It might be a little different when you're in high school, a little bit different when you're at St. FX. And now as a professional athlete, it might be a little different. And when did you originally pinpoint it? Um, that, that came just from when I was a kid. When I was growing up, it was just my mom and my, my older sister. It's always just been us three. And when, when you've seen something long enough, you just get sick of it. And for me personally, it was just the how hard my mom was working, a lifestyle I was living. You just get sick of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I needed to do more. I needed to do something. And uh, I had that drive. And then I, I'm not saying that I lost sight of why I was doing things. But when I started playing football and realized that I can make a career, it made me understand how much I would be able to help the people that I need to help. Right. It's, you know, this it's life is just deeper than one person. It's deeper than you, you know, for, at least mm-hmm. to me. No, to you're, me, I completely agree. Completely you know, agree. For, for, for me, life is a family and, and the people that I love and the friendships that I build, that's what life is. And that's why you say, I can't live without this person. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, that's my why. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And has it, has it changed throughout time or is it just kind of always been about family and, and, and self-fulfillment and, and, uh, and that sort of. Yeah. It's always been about that. Um, you know, everybody wants a nice car, a big house and stuff. Of course I want that stuff too. <laughs> right. But, you know, again, I can live without those things. I have lived without those things. I live without those things. There's, there's people in my life that I, I never want to have to live without. So yeah, no, my, mm-hmm. my, the reasoning and for all this and why my, why has not changed. It's, it's always going to be to make myself proud, to make the people I care about proud. And I don't think that's going to change. Yeah. That's amazing. No, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, what, I guess what I was to be the best? Say that, say that again, sir. I, said, I guess I do want to be the best. 
Yeah, you can have no. multiple like motivations, yeah. right? But uh, I think the one singular one that we can all agree on is 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 the family and and the friendships and the relationships for sure. And then everyone also might have a little bit of selfishness with their goal, but that's fine as long as your big picture is is that wholesome holistic view. I I completely agree. Right. Um what what were what were some of your most fond memories of your time at St. FX cuz I mean life goes fast and like you said you're you're 5 years in the league now. So let's just backtrack and uh touch base on some of the fond fond memories you had uh, as a student athlete. Yeah, um, a few of them, some of my, my best memories. And, you know, there was actually, oddly enough, a lot of people from my hometown, Mississauga. at Saint Saga. Fox. Saga yeah. City, baby. Saga, Saga, Saga. Yeah, three uh, times. <laughs> saga. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and a few of those memories um, involve the late, great ball carrier number eight. Ashton Dixon, yeah, you know, um, Jamari Bennett. I, I guess my memories are just reminiscing on the actual people I've met. Mm-hmm. Jordan Catterall riding on the back of the bus to, to away games with Catterall. What a I, guy, eh? Talking about nothing but nonsense. <laughs> and then we would just go on the field, lose every game, have a hundred apiece. <laughs> that that that's that's one with Caddy. I actually remember getting a couple group lifts in with you too. That's one thing, dude, I, I really did enjoy. Like, I wasn't in the gym often, to be honest. Uh, of course, training for football is both aspects, but I really devoted myself to catching footballs with Donnie D especially. But when I was in the gym, you were always in the gym. And, and that like made me feel like in that aspect, cool, you're good. I don't need to be with my guys to, to lift weights. It's like I throw on the field with Caddy and do what I got to do because I know that they're good in that regard. So that's a great reminiscent point for me. It's just knowing that on both aspects of the ball, we were doing what we could do to be the best that we could be. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, one of my biggest memories and one of the biggest influences in my life actually is Donald Davis. Um, he really put my head on the right track as well. Um, he, he made me catch so many footballs, man. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Was crazy. Um, I remember going to Mount A and hating those guys. There's a man with dreads. I still don't even know his name. I refuse to know his name. A blonde guy with dreads. Oh, I, I remember he used to uh, – I remember he knocked the ball down one time and then he made a, uh, a very – uh, visual remark about how tall you were and about how short he was, and then the yeah. next play, you you got a fade and you mossed him, stiff armed him to the ground and housed it, and then you did the same thing back. That's why you never, when you're a little DB, just stay in your lane because there is gonna be there is gonna be a Devin Bailey or Randy Roseway or whoever it is that's gonna blow by you, and then you yeah. are the one who has to answer to your coach. That's right. That's right. But let's not talk about that guy because I hate him. you guys no more pt no more camera time um facts but yeah no and of course being in the end zone and celebrating is one of the best memories that i have just being at saint effects and homecoming every homecoming because it landed right on my birthday Uh, it was always a blast so i got to play a game and then i got to party we would i think we lost like what three out of the four homecomings that i was there but i had a blast anyways 
Yeah, same effects for, for all those young athletes listening at home who might be starting their recruiting process for whatever sport it may be. It, 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 there's just a feeling when you step on campus, and it, it might be attributed to the Nova Scotian lifestyle or the athletic department or whoever or a combination of all things. But um, it's home for a lot of people. And if you're, if you're thinking about getting out of Ontario or wherever you are and you want to go check out some other schools, St. FX is definitely um, – a school I recommend for both athletics and, and academics for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And just to co-sign with that, uh, Gary Waterman has been doing an amazing job with the program. They're winning championships over there now, especially. So now they really do, they're getting what they deserve just as far as being a, a great place to mold who you want to be and grow as a, an academic and start your career and just um, finding a family and, and being in a community-based city or town, I guess, well, you don't know that St. FX is a very small place, different for the city boys. Zach fit right in, though. <laughs> I did. I fit right Zach, in. Zach fit right in. He was home sweet home. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, I just want to get, before we before we wrap this up here, you know, what's, what's your take home message for young athletes who are, they're trying to find their way in sport and in life and in school. And, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of external stimulus, but, uh, as you and me both know, if you can control your mind and, and, and put your priorities and your focus where it needs to be, you can honestly accomplish anything you want. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think the message honestly will just be me touching back again, like I said earlier about just keep on going forward. Um, the, the hiccups are going to be hard. Times are, are going to be difficult and the payout is never going to be there. But you got to keep on going forward. Never be satisfied with what you've done or what you think you're going to do. Just what's next, right? Just keep on going. Don't be, don't be satisfied. Be proud of who you want to be and get there by any means. Just keep on going forward. Yeah, for sure. I really, I really liked how we wrapped that up. I just want to thank you for your time. Obviously, this was cool for me to just, it's been so long. It's been too long. Obviously, you know, life happens. We get busy. It's hard to keep in touch with everyone, but I appreciate your time and, and the parents and the young athletes who get to listen to your, your insights and your perspective on things will, will obviously benefit greatly. Yeah. And, and I absolutely love what you're doing with, uh, with these podcasts. This is, this is you sprinting at the front, right? This is you just trying to do something, something different. And it's that trickle down. We don't know if this is going to hit one person or a million people, but as long as you're doing something to try to, to be great in any aspects, like, why are you doing this? You know, this is amazing. So yeah, proud of what you're doing, buddy, and, and keep doing this. This is amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I appreciate that coming from a role model. It certainly means uh, a whole, a whole lot to me. So, uh, you know, this was episode uh, 10 of Athletic Insights. Devin, keep in touch, and thank you for your time. Anytime, brother. Let's do it again. We will. And we're out.